You are listening to the Success Leaves Clues podcast, where we're having conversations with regular people doing outstanding and legacy changing things in corporate America and entrepreneurship. If you're looking for the blueprint to help you make less mistakes on your journey to freedom and ultimate purpose, then this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Dr. K. Hey, I got with me today, Kyle Livingston. Look, he's a coach. He is a mentor for businesses. He's uh, made multiple seven figures himself, and he is the uh, the founder of the seven figure industry. What's up, man? I'm well, stoked to be here. Hey, glad to have you. So you said you got a new setup. I, I, I like the brick. You see, I'm a fan <laughs> of brick too. <laughs> yeah, man. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Yeah, man, I was actually, uh, so I was working from home yesterday, working out of the office, and um Dude, I just wasn't as productive as I wanted to be yesterday. And so last yep. night I hopped on Airbnb and I actually found a place out at a, here in Tennessee. It's a river house or like a lake house. Uh-huh. And um, I, I'm sitting down. And I'm like, I got my interview. I go to pull my tripod and my microphone. And I'm like, shoot, I forgot it. And so uh, my phone is currently sitting on a, uh, a, a, a bottle opener catch for bottle caps. Yep. And I'm out on a deck in a patio, but the brick worked great. So I'm like, this is where we're at, man. This is where we're at. I, I love it, man. That's um, that's ingenuity. It's uh, creative and and not letting anything stop you. I mean, you still look great. You still sound great. Thanks, man. And, and the, the point of it is we got to keep going. And stuff like that right. happens to us in business all the time. And um, you could probably touch on it better than better than me. But what happens when something like that happens in business, you know, at, with you as a coach? Well, man, I always look at it like the best, the best business owners are just a form of MacGyver in one way, shape or form, right? Like I saw, um, as I was setting this, uh, as I was setting this up over the last 20 minutes, I remember seeing a a video of a guy and the guy was doing like a hundred, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a month at the time in his business. And he's at the foot of his bed with 10 books stacked on top of each other, sitting on a stool. And that's like, that was his recording studio for probably two years. And, um, Dude, when people run across this stuff in business, like you just got to realize there's always a solution. You just haven't found it yet. You just haven't had the creativity or the time or the or the perspective or the the inputs to figure out the solution. But there's always a solution. Sometimes it's right in front of you. Sometimes you got to get really creative, but there's always a solution. Yeah, you got to kind of be open for that and um and and look for that cuz you can easily find a reason not to do something, right? Oh yeah. Those are the easiest reasons to find, man. <laughs> Those are the easiest <laughs> reasons to find. Dude, at one point I had uh, I had uh, tongs in the kitchen. I grabbed yeah. and there was holding up one side of my phone and I had the spatula on the back, but it was too low. Like I tried all sorts of crazy stuff just to get this uh, just to get this shot, dude. But ingenuity in business will literally make you hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, if you just mm. look at look. Not solving this isn't a problem. Like. Uh, not solving this is, is it's not that it's not going to work. Like I can't not solve this. My, um, the okay. livelihood of my family's on the line. I can't not solve this problem. The livelihood of myself, of my children, of my future, of my legacies on the line. Like I can't not solve this. I just have to figure it out. And if you go with, an, with that mindset, it's amazing. The things that you're like, 
oh, I never thought about doing it this way. Let me try this and see if it works. And you get a little closer and then you try it again and you just get a little closer. And that's the game, man. What, what keeps people from, I know a lot of people have ideas, right? But what mm-hmm. keeps them stuck? What keeps them from pursuing those ideas or, or even trying something like that? Well, man, I heard a, I heard a quote one time. It said the, the richest place in the world, the wealthiest place in the world is the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think from what I've seen, the one thing that stops people more often than not is, is, is typically some type of fear, right? But that fear typically stems from some type of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know for me, I'll give you an example. Uh, 2016, I lost $200,000 in um, under nine months. I'd done a, done really, really well, poured a bunch of money into a new business, lost, lost a couple hundred thousand dollars. And, um, over the next 18 months or two years, I was terrified of spending money because I didn't know when I was going to get it back again. Mm -hmm. And so I thought if I spent it, I would lose it. And no matter what investment I'd put it in, no matter what vehicle I'd put it in, whether it was myself or my business or employees, et cetera, et cetera, if I'd put money in something, that I was going to lose it. Cause that's what had happened at that one point. Dude, now it's the next 18 months living in this place of fear and scarcity because of the trauma of losing $200,000, man, I probably lost another two or $300,000 just by being afraid. And mm-hmm. dude, I, I tell people like you're good. If you are afraid and you don't do it, you're actually paying twice. And for me, I had to pay twice. I lost the money. I got the trauma. And then the other side of it was I lived in that trauma for 18 more months. So I actually paid twice. And that's, that's never a good place to be in. Gotcha. So what, what happened in the business that, that caused you to lose that money? <laughs> oh man, I would say the first thing was my ego. The number one thing was my ego. hundred percent. I had built and sold, um, two successful brick and mortar businesses at that point. And then I had a, a third, uh, partnership where we took him out of the, out of the red and put him back in the black and then sold that one. And so I came into this fourth company, dude. I thought my shit did not stink. I thought I knew everything, no matter what would happen again, I'd be able to solve it. And, um, so first part was my ego. The second part was, I just, I I wasn't doing the right things from the sense of like, this wasn't the direction I should be going and I was forcing it. And I felt Mm. that from day one. And so there was a lot of friction immediately, which made it very difficult to get traction. Um, but the biggest piece was that I stayed so focused inside of the day-to-day of my business. I never actually put on my CEO hat and was the CEO of the business. I was always the technician. And because mm-hmm. of that, the business yeah. outgrew me and it ended up collapsing because there was no one at the front driving the ship. Got you. It, it makes me think about a book I read. It's called The E-Myth Revisited. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Great yeah. book. Yeah, great book. But it, it just makes me think about that because a lot of times we're good at the day-to-day. We're good at what we do, and that's why we started whatever business it is, whatever industry we're in. But, you know, we have to kind of learn how to step back and and also trust people, too, to, to do the job. Yeah, man. Yeah, and that, that's a big one, too. People don't want to give up control. Like, you're really good at doing the thing. And yeah. you think no one else can be as good at doing the thing as I am. <laughs> and that's just not true. That's just not Go true. Go back to the ego, right? goes back to the ego, man. goes back to the ego. So it's, uh, it's a, it's a really bad place to be in when -hmm. you let your ego drive. But if you're in that position right now, like if you're listening to this and you're in a spot where you're like, man, I'm at that place where I know I need to spend more time, 
like on my business and not in my business. And I need to make that shift and transition from like technician and doing the things to being the owner. One of the biggest and, and most valuable exercises I have found is a time study, like spend a week and just monitor what you do every day for 30 minutes. Dude, okay. and you're going to be shocked at how much time you just end up wasting on stuff that you could just offload to, uh, I don't know, a VA, someone in the Philippines. I use Filipino VAs quite a bit. You can offload a lot of this stuff and start buying some of your time back. And so if you're in that place, start looking for opportunities of like, man, how can I buy these three hours back a day? And you'd be shocked at how much more money you can make because of that. Man, that's, that's important. And people got to find out, you know, how they can uh, get these VAs. So when you find a VA, are they already trained or are they trained in like a general, general practice? And then you kind of tailor them to your business. Um, you can find either. Um, it, it, anybody who comes into your business, isn't going to know how to, how your business runs, right? Especially right. in the online world, the entrepreneurial world. Like your mm -hmm. business is probably a hot freaking mess. <laughs> Let's be honest. Okay. Your business is probably a little bit of a disaster. Um, it's just the nature of business. And so more often than not, I've found that I have to have a really, really good, at least not even really, really good. I have to have some type of framework and training to give them when they onboard. Hey, this okay. is what we do. This is how we do things. These are your expected roles and responsibilities. Here's a quick little loom video on how you do these things. Um, but what you'd have to do is uh, after you do that little time study, you're like, man, I have these four, five, six, ten things I can give someone. Just spend the next, I don't know, two hours on a Saturday morning, wake up a little early or whatever you need to do to get it done. But spend a couple hours just recording some of those things that you need to get done and just show the, the person how to do it. And then just give them the training in the videos so they can understand like, this is what you want done. Here are your expectations. Here's the timeline as to when it needs to be done. But you got to set clear goals for them. So it's two things. It's setting clear goals. And it's also making sure that they have some type of training for them when you onboard. Okay. So it's not really too different than onboarding any other employee or training up to the other staff. Not at all, man. Not at all. It's, it's just simply a, a, a standard position that you'd bring on. Um, okay. and the same way you train a media buyer, you train a VA. Yeah. And you'd be so, shocked, man. I don't, I don't know if you actually know this, but in the, in the Philippines, uh, a lot of the people out there, dude, they have like master's degrees and like, they're incredible, incredible, incredible at what they do. And yeah. especially for startups, like they're inexpensive. You know, I pay my VA. She works with me full time, dude. She basically runs my life. Um, she's my executive assistant. I pay her like 1300 bucks a month. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they're they're really they're talented. They're good at what they do, but they're lacking those uh, opportunities in the yeah. Philippines. So that's why they're yeah. It's not exactly. like they're in, any less skilled, right? Right. Not at all. Not at all. More often than not, they're a lot more skilled than uh, a lot of the American <laughs> workers I've worked with. <laughs> right. Tell me a little bit about um, that transition in that eighteen months, because you know what I find. You know, fear is probably the largest obstacle you know, four people. And it's, it's hard enough to get started in entrepreneurship, let alone to have a setback or some failure. And I'm, I'm really amazed at how you pulled through that. Thanks, man. So yeah, the, the transition for me during that 18 months, um, it was a couple things. It really started as me having to disconnect from the current situation. Cause mm -hmm. I was in a place where like, dude, I was, um, I was an emotional wreck. Like I was heartbroken. I lost the business. I was frustrated. I lost the money. I, I had a damaged and bruised ego. And so I really just needed to take some time and just 
de-stress and get away from it a little bit. And so, um, I actually spent the next four months, uh, gutting and remodeling an RV that my wife and I went and traveled the U S in for the next two years, which was awesome. Um, okay. so for me, I needed to take some time to, to disconnect and step away from stuff. Um, and really, really make sure that where I'm going and where I'm putting my energy was actually what I wanted. And once I got alignment on like, okay, where I'm going and what I want is in alignment. That's when the fear started creeping in. That's when I started having to start making investments back into my business and make investments into people and rehire people and all these things. And the one thing that I had to do to really get through it, man, was to draw out who I had to become, who was worthy of the goals that I wanted. Mm. And then I began to use that as the filter to run my decisions through. Um, but that didn't let the fear go away. That just told me who I be, who I had to become. And so that gave me a destination and a goal. And then in the current present moment, I was still scared shitless, man. And so for me, what I had to do, um, was I actually went down and I wrote down on a, on a yellow notepad, the worst case scenario. If I spent every dollar, I lost everything. I'd write down the worst case scenario, dude. And I would go as far as my like realistic, realistically could take it. Like I would never be without a meal. Someone's always going to give me a meal. So like going like starving wasn't actually worst case scenario. It felt like it might be, but it wasn't in reality. And so what I did is I created a list of what's the actual reality of a worst case scenario. Like would I have to live under a bridge in my RV for a little while? Would I had to like, like eat ramen noodles for a couple months? Like what, what was the worst actual worst case scenario? So I took a yellow pad. I wrote all that stuff down. I sat down with my wife and I said, Hey, look, we're going on this new venture. This is the goal. This is the person I have to become. This is the goals that we have. This is where we're going. This is where we are at. And here are all of the worst case scenario things that could happen between now and then. Are you okay with these things if they were to happen? And we sat down and we talked about it and we came to an agreement that, yeah, if these were to happen, it would be worth the destination as long as all these worst case scenario things were to happen. And I wasn't going to get to the goal, right? I'd still become somebody who I was different than today. And that reward was worth going through all the troubles and going through all the, 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 the dirty stuff. And so at the end of that piece of paper, we both signed it and we folded it away. And every time we started to get fearful or scared or afraid, I'd pull up that contract we made to ourselves, And it's like, Hey, here's all the shit we agreed to. Here's everything that we said would possibly happen and nothing's really happening, but yet we're still afraid. So we can't be afraid because we've already told ourselves we're not going to be. Wow. That's incredible, man. Because a lot of times we make so many commitments to everybody and everything else. And I've never in my life thought about signing a contract with myself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And you talk about uh, accountability and that's, it's good that you have, you know, a wife that can be your accountability partner and somebody to help, you know, push you and, and you push her as well. Yeah, man. hundred percent, hundred percent. And because like you said, dude, you, you do all this stuff for everyone else. And I see this happen in business a lot too. Like, People are, I literally watch business owners get beaten over the head by their employees, their financial advisors, their mentor here, their coach here to do all these things for all these people and the impact and all that. But then they have like $17 left at the end of the month. Okay. And it's like, bro, what are you doing? Like make the contract with yourself to be profitable, go be profitable and then go do everything else. Um, and so I think contracts with yourself are really, really important. And that builds, that builds trust, that builds character, that builds, um, integrity, not only with you, but with other people as well. Because if you can't keep promises to yourself, contracts that you've signed to yourself, yeah. there's no way you're to show up and lead other people. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do it for anybody else. Yep. hundred percent, man. Yeah. So when you go into, um, 
accepting a client, right? That you're going to coach or you're going to mentor and, and, and help them get to seven figures. What, is there a certain type of business that you like to work with? Is it um, service related, any kind of business? What are we looking for? So typically at, at this stage where I, who I work with are coaches and consultants. Okay. Um, online businesses, coaches and consultants. Typically I'm working with coaches and consultants who are at the 100K a month plus. So they're already at seven figures. Um, but leading up to this, I've had to coach a lot of people um, under the under the 85, 90K a month mark um, mm-hmm. to get there. And um, I would say the biggest thing, man, for both, I could separate like online and brick and mortar pretty well because I've done both. The biggest thing for online entrepreneurs is to not get freaking distracted. Like distraction and shiny object syndrome is the yeah. biggest killer of online businesses I've ever seen, dude. Biggest. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, people in the online world are drowning in opportunity. Like their businesses are failing because there's too many opportunities. Whereas if you think of like 2008, 2009, people were starving for opportunity, Yeah. but because there's so much opportunity, it's causing distraction and it's causing, uh, a decentralized business where you can't be focused. And it's like a floodlight, you know, that floodlight, mm-hmm. This is kind of a cheesy analogy, man. Like uh, one thing you'll learn about me is I have a ton of cheesy analogies. And so hey, I was thinking like- But the good thing is, as soon as you said floodlight, I was thinking like being blinded by so many opportunities that you, <laughs> you can't actually see where you're- I'm, I'm yeah. right here with you, Kyle. Yeah, so. man. Yeah, so it's like, it's like a floodlight just shining in your face, man. Like you can't go anywhere. Yeah. And so um, you want to go the other direction. You want to have a laser pointing out. And you're like, I'm going right there. That's the sniper shot that I'm going to get from 500 yards out. I'm going right there, man. And when yeah. you can do that- that is the ultimate strength of an online business owner. Um, okay. I, I always joke around and I say shiny object syndrome. The acronym is SOS. And it's your body's way of saying, I don't know what I'm doing right now. So I'm going to go find something else to focus on. And so if focusing on the one thing for mm-hmm. longer than you think is necessary, you'll eventually get to the goal. Like you can't focus on the same thing okay. for 10 years and not hit your goal. It's just not possible. Wow. And you're spot on with that because it's like repetition. You're going to slowly get better. Even if you're the worst at it, I could be a horrible singer, but the more I keep trying to hit these notes, the more I keep perfecting it, going to, uh, you know, singing classes, all of this yep. different stuff. Eventually I'm going to get there, you know? Yep. You, you, you suck at first. And if you do it for so long, you suck. So you, you suck so much less that you might actually be considered good. <laughs> kind of like my golf game. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like my golf game too, man. My yeah. uh, my buddy calls me up the other day. He goes, "Hey, bro, uh, we're we're doing a, a pickup game tomorrow, and a bunch of pl- friends are gonna go out and play a little uh, little friendly tournament." I'm like, "Dude, unless you want to lose, do not put me on your team, because <laughs> I will lose all the balls." But I suck less than I did when I started, you know, a few years back. So yeah, there you go. And to somebody else who's probably just starting out, you're you're a pro, right? I'm a pro. You know, yeah. All kinds of tips. Yeah, exactly, man. I only lost 17 balls that game. They lost 50. So who's a winner there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then uh, the other side of that, man, is like brick and mortar businesses. If you're a brick and mortar entrepreneur, um, the the number one thing that I would say is just protect your margin. Um, Because in brick and mortar, you have so many expenses every month that Mm -hmm. it's like um, it's the difference between like the uh, the Titanic and like a little lifeboat. The lifeboat can turn really easy and maneuver and shut down costs and raise costs. Brick and mortar, you're fixed, man. And it's really hard to turn that boat. And so the biggest thing for you is to protect your margin and not let people berate you 
out of margin or let contractors or let um, salespeople, whoever, dwindle that margin lower and lower and make sure that your processes and things are so tight that you know, man, like if we go do this job or we go do this service or we provide this, this uh, product, I know our margins this fat. And your goal is to get the biggest margin you possibly can in business, whether you're brick and mortar or online. Yeah. The, um, the, the same thing, like you're saying, when you got this SOS or this shiny object syndrome, mm-hmm. it's, it, there's so much noise online. Yeah. Um, and, and everybody's got, uh, the best way. I mean, even if you take something like working out, right. Yep. Yep. You know, somebody say, you know, you got an intermittent fasting, don't fast. You got to eat 12 times a day, you know, got to be vegan. No, you need protein. You need meat. Like there's so much noise that you can't actually get to the goal, but I'm quite sure, like you were saying, Kyle, if you just pick one of those ways, it'll probably work for you. Yeah, man. Well, let's use, let's use uh weight loss. Like I'm not, I'm not a big weight loss guy. I'm not, it's not my genre, but let's use that as an example. You think about all the noise that's out there. You have intermittent fasting, you have um, portion control, you have keto, you have name any diet you could possibly imagine. Atkins diet back in the day where you had to pee on a stick. Remember all those? Um, so think about it. it. The fundamental in any of those diets, think about a portion control rather than a portion yeah. being this big, they're this big. Um, in, in intermittent fasting, instead of having three portions that equal this size, you have two portions that equal this size. In, yeah. in, um, in keto, right? You stopped cutting out all the dead calories. And so the caloric intake from here, it shrinks down a little bit to here. So the foundation of what you're doing, restricting caloric intake and restricting these things, it's the same thing. It's just packaged differently. Yeah. And it's the same thing in business, man. Like there are business fundamentals. You go listen to Zig Ziglar, you go listen to Brian Tracy, any of the greats from back in the day. Like mm-hmm. it's the same thing, just packaged differently. Um, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's, it's funny, man. I'm a believer and I can go into the Bible and pull the success, success leaves clues. I can pull the clues out of the Bible that transpose into the foundational elements of business today. There are people repackaging into things today that are oh, like, dude, that's literally thousands of years old and you're trying to make it something new. Yes. <laughs> and so it, it's, it's, it's understanding the fundamentals mm-hmm. of the game mm-hmm. and then understanding everything else that you're being sold is just a skin on those fundamentals. That's it. And once you know that you stop looking for that one thing that's going to make the difference. And you realize if I just learn the things that like I have to do, I'm going to get to where I want to go. Yeah. You're, um, you're in this space and and you say you got through this, you know, this tough time, this 18 months by kind of transforming and becoming a different person. Did you have a mentor or what did you do to actually become somebody else? Because that sounds sounds easy, right? But, but most of us, would, we, we wouldn't be who we are if we could right. just instantly become somebody else. Dude. Um, so yeah, I, I'll tell you exactly everything that I, that I did. Um, mentors I hired a whole nine yards, but a preface to this is yeah. when you become something different, you go through a metamorphosis and you could use any analogy you want. You could go 
uh, coal turn into diamonds. You could go, but you know, um, uh, caterpillar turning to butterfly, whatever. But the process, there's pressure. There's there's places where you feel constricted. There are places where you're in more pain than you think it's worth because yeah. you're walking through that fire and having to trim off all the fat and all the things that just don't serve you anymore. Um, I think a couple of things that I want to give to the audience is, is starts with a bit of a warning because a lot of like, nobody told me this and I grew up, bro. I grew up in the hood. Like I grew up in Southern California. Compton and Watts was like seven and eight on the most dangerous cities where I grew up was like number three and four. And it was, it was awful, man. And so I'm thankful nobody told me this, but I wish somebody would have was like, you're going to lose everybody in your life right now. That's at this level with you. Mm. Right. And you have to be okay with it because the more and more you try and go back to them, the more and more you're going to go back to a place that's comfortable, not serving you, not who you want to be. And so it's, for me, it was like, I had to shed everybody out of my life because those are the people that were creating the patterns and the habits like, Hey, let's go drinking on the weekend or Hey, let's go to this club or Hey, let's go. It's like, no, dude, I don't do that anymore. I can't. The new version of myself, the calling that, that I see in my future, I, I can't do these things. And so, um, a lot of the people in my life are no longer in my life, but they've been replaced with people who are at the level I'm at or higher, which is, which is really what I wanted to begin with. Um, so yeah, man, I literally like, I, I, I spend more, I'm not spend. I invest more into myself with coaches, um, mentors, every opportunity that I can. And every time I feel stuck, I'm going to go find someone to invest into so I can get yeah. help because it's actually investing into me. Um, and so I've done everything from courses, programs, uh, one-on-one mentorship with people. Um, I literally did everything that I could. And I think this is where I'm very different from most people. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little bit of a scenario. So that 18 months happened and, um, I needed to get into this program. The program was, uh, just shy of 10 K Yeah. and, um, I had a marketing agency at the time and just the way it was set up, man, I just didn't have 10 K in cash. And I just, honestly, I wasn't doing that great. We were, we were doing okay. I just lost a big client, had a business partnership go south, whole bunch of stuff happening. Just didn't have the money, but I knew I needed it. And so I have come from like a construction background. And so I called the guy on the phone and uh, the guy's like, Hey man, this is what we're going to help you out with. We're going to help you with your mindset. We're going to help you this, 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 and that. Um, it will help you with marketing and some other things. Yeah. I said, I mean, this sounds exactly like what I need. What's the investment? He's like, it's 9,800 bucks. I'm like, cool. Give me two weeks. I don't have 10 K. I have no idea where I'm getting 10 K, but I know in two weeks that I'm going to go find 10 K so I can do this. Yeah. And there've been times where like, I didn't have the money and I just figured it out. Right. Kind of like this, where my phone's sitting right now on this bottle opener catch. Like I, I didn't have a tripod and I figured it out. And so going back to our first part of our conversation, like resourcefulness in business, man, is probably the most mm -hmm. undervalued asset somebody yeah. can have. Like how resourceful can you be to do what you need to do? So, um, I was like, all right, I got 14 days. I need 10 K. How can I do this? I went on Craigslist and I searched gigs and I found somebody that would let me remodel their bathroom. So I spent the next uh, week and a half, two weeks remodeling this person's bathroom, made $12,000, paid 10K, had 2,000 bucks that paid for all the materials and everything that went into it, made $0 for two weeks. And, and $0, dude. My wife is like, yeah. bro, what are you doing? She's like, we literally have no money. You're going to go invest 10K in this thing right now. I was like, yep. She's like, okay, I trust you. Okay. Yeah. And um, 12 days later, I made $24,000. Mm. Because I went and did the things that they told me to do. They said, stop looking at it this way. Look at it this way. 
offer yourself this way. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's something about once you once you stretch yourself and um, I grew up poor, you know, like you're saying, you know, I didn't I didn't have nothing. Um, I've actually I don't know what part of Tennessee you're in, but I got family in Nashville. I'll actually be I'll be there for uh, Thanksgiving, you know, to visit. Nice, that's, stuff. I'm, I'm right outside of Nashville and Franklin, man. Yeah. So um, it's just but when you come from that environment, right, that that poverty mindset, you want to have a grip on everything because. Uh, you don't know when the next one's coming. Like you said, when you don't want to keep investing, you don't know if you're going to lose it. Right. And um, but then once you get to a place, you're like, hey, I can make this 10K. I can invest it. And then you see the return on that. It just becomes so much easier. Mm-hmm. And then money just becomes a, uh, a intangible thing. Right. It's, it's yeah. now something that is always going to cycle through your life. Literally. Literally, like I'm, I'm up at a, uh, like I said, a, a lake house today and I'm just, I'm just looking out. Right. And like, just from my perspective, looking past my phone, I can probably see, I don't know, dude, $10 million yeah. just sitting here, got the, all the houses, got the boats on the lake. Like, this is just from what I can see. I can physically see from this balcony right now, $10 million. You're right. <laughs> and it's like, how can I, like, uh, we're, we're so small. Compared to what's out there. Um, if you're listening right now, actually, a little exercise for your audience, man. If you're yeah. listening, I want you to go look at the visual difference. Go to Google and look at the visual difference between a million, a billion, and a trillion dollars. And you will quickly realize a million dollars is literally nothing. It is literally nothing. You can fit it in a shoe. <laughs> it is nothing, dude. Yeah. And so once you realize that, and you realize, like, holy cow, like a billion isn't that much money either. And a yeah. trillion is just insane. Like a trillion is just, it's wild. Go look it up. Look it up. Uh, just Google ca- uh, visual difference between a million and a billion. It'll be one of the first ones to pop up. Look for the dude standing next to pallets of cash. Um, <laughs> but you'll realize very quickly. Is it you, Kyle? Is, are, are you the guy? <laughs> <laughs> I might be. I might be. That, 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 that's a shameless plug. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Um, but uh, uh, it just goes to show you, man, like we are so tremendously small. Mm-hmm. And if we just provide more value, the money will literally come to us. It's not like some esoteric woo-woo thing. It's just, hey, I solved this problem. I'll give you an example. One of my clients, um, they have a, uh, a large YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And my fee to them was well over six figures to work with me for a year. And uh, people are like, man, how do you charge people that much? I'm like, because I've made them millions of dollars. Yeah. I just simply went in made a few tweaks because they had a ton of cash laying on the floor million made a millions of bucks so my minuscule fee looks like nothing to them but for me it was life-changing right i can get a hundred thousand dollars from a single client that's life-changing money yeah um but it was because of the value that i provided and so yeah man we're, we're very small creatures in a very very big world and uh there, there's a lot of money out there to be had and people just need to understand that the thing that typically holds you back between where you're at and the goals that you have and the things that you want are the six inches between your ears, dude. Like you and I grew up broke. Yeah. What, what was the money belief that you had growing up that you had to shift and change? Well, a whole bunch of them. Well, one, <laughs> I mean, I mean, to, to give you an example, right? Like we would drive across town to save maybe two, three cents a gallon in gas 
when you probably spent more than that driving to the next gas station. That's the kind of example yeah, that yeah, I'm yeah. talking about. I'm like, you could have just got the gas, you know? <laughs> so. You know, it's it's funny. I actually, uh, I see some of those things show up in my life, right? Like I drive an Audi, so it takes premium fuel. And I find myself like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna drive to Costco to get gas. It's like, Costco's like five miles more away. Like, why am I going to Costco? I don't need to go to Costco. Just stop at this yeah. freaking gas station. And yeah. this is, that stuff I still deal with today. And um, it's, it's auditing how you're feeling in those moments. Like, I, I don't need to make that decision, but like my subconscious made that decision for me. And I had to take my conscious and be like, no, 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 that is a wrong way of thinking. Yeah. Right? If I take 20 minutes to drive to, to Costco and back, I'm probably going to stop in Costco because I'm a Costco fiend. There's another hour of wasted time. Plus I'll probably spend 300 bucks in Costco buying some random stuff I don't need rather than just getting the freaking gas. Right. And so it all starts with this, this subconscious programming of like, oh, well, this X says this, so go do this. And it's like, you have to take control of that every time. And, yeah. um, you know, going back to what the word says, like, you got to take your thoughts captive. And that happens to be in, in everything. It's like, that comes in my mind. It's like, ah, nope, that's not how I think anymore. And then reprogramming it back to being something different. And I'm going to tie that back into what I was saying earlier of like identity document of like, who do I have to become? And one of those things was like, I make decisions from a place of this, not a, from a place of abundance, not a place of scarcity. Mm. And so yeah. if I'm making this decision to go get gas from a place of abundance, do I really care where I get gas from? No, not at all. It does not matter. I don't care if it's $3. I don't care if it's $30. It's abundance. Yeah. Like I said, when I, um, when you talk about abundance and just keep it on, on, on with the gas, right? So when, when gas was a dollar, dollar, some change, you would look at premium and you would say, man, I don't want to buy this luxury vehicle because I don't want to be paying $1.89. Well, then <laughs> now regular gas is $3, <laughs> three and some change. And it's it's double what premium would have been. So yeah. was there ever a lack? Was there ever scarcity? It never really existed in your life. You could have just never existed. Had, had what you wanted. Exactly. Yeah, man. Scarcity literally only exists in the six inches between your ears. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And, you know, to the audience, like, don't ever feel if you're listening to this, like, don't ever feel like, oh, well, Dr. K and Kyle, like they have it, like they figured it all out. It's like, dude, no, I literally had this, this mm -hmm. internal conversation about Costco last week. Yeah, and right. I promise you, I don't need to go and figure out how much the gas is like, that's not, but I, it still shows up in my life from like when I was a child, because my mom would do the same thing, bro. She'd go to the gas station and I would be like, what are you doing? And she'd put like $3 in her tank. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why are you, you're going to have to come back and spend you're more, you're going to spend $3 to come back and get more gas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I was having, uh, I have very similar uh, conversations, childhood, the same. I mean, you go in a store, you buy uh, toastums instead of pop tarts. And I'm like, yep. you saved a quarter. Like, yeah. why couldn't we get the pop tarts? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We saved 25 cents. I'm, I'm quite sure. I mean, even, even being, you know, poor, we weren't, we weren't dirt poor, you know what I mean? We could have, we, we could have had something. Right. You, you, you could have bought the Pop-Tarts. We could have bought the Pop-Tarts. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we could have had Pop-Tarts. But, um, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, it is what it is, but it's, it's now a, you know, mindset shift. I don't know if you have any kids, uh, Kyle, but, you know, now training the next generation on, on how to think. And, and like you said, what, what the Bible actually says about abundance and, and, and how you can live in that in that space instead of in a space of uh, scarcity. Bro, did you know money is referred to as the in the Bible 
um, it's the second most referred to anything in the Bible is money, right? And the, the, think about this, this is one verse, be fruitful and multiply. Multiply, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not just talking about children. It's talking about everything. It's talking about trees, talking about grass, talking about animals, talking about kids, talking about money, talking about goats, everything. Be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. And um, it, it's just, it's so important, man. Like abundance, I, I think is probably understanding abundance is there is probably one of the one of the like secret secret weapons some some entrepreneurs have it's like no dude it's out there like grant cardone's like who's got my money yeah you know who's got my money who's got my money because it's out there it exists it exists yeah i I do the same thing like you were saying sitting at the lake house um i mean you drive by any major street in any you know major city and you're gonna see car dealership car dealership car dealership Audi's right next to BMWs, right next to Mercedes, and each parking lot, like you said, is probably a $10 million worth of cars in each parking lot that's lining up this entire street, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. It, 10 million, it, it, 20 million, 30 million, 50 million, 80 million. <laughs> On one street, yeah. One street. Yeah, dude, so I grew up in uh, in Southern California. And, uh, I'd go walking down Newport coast on the beach, you know, we'd be looking up at these massive houses and it's like, what, how, how, what the, you know, I'm growing up in Hemet, super poor. And it's like, dude, I took a bath in the pool water last night. And these dudes are living in a, you know, $200 million mansion. Like what the hell? And I just realized it's like the only thing that's different. Like I put my pants on the same way they do. Like they put their shirts on the same way I do. Sure. Their shirts cost a lot more money than my shirts, but they still put it on the same way I do. Um, most of them are first generation millionaires. Like it's nothing. It's not like it's a, it's a lucky thing. And that's what people don't understand. It's like those people figured it out. They cracked the code. And if I went and asked them how they got there, they could probably walk me step by step by step by step how they got there. Yeah. And it's like, dude, that's, that's the thing is like those going back to the mentors and whatnot. Um, one of the, there's this book, I, I think it's by Benjamin Hardy. It could be wrong, but it's called willpower doesn't work. And, um, he talks about how, you know, if, if willpower were the driving force for success, everybody would be rich and skinny. Right. (laughs) And because, because willpower doesn't work, you have to create an environment to, um, to, to be conducive to success. And one of the best ways to change your environment is to invest in something that's uncomfortable. And so for me, the, the, the breakthrough really happened when I decided I was going to go remodel that bathroom for the 10 grand and then just give over the 10 grand, I invested more than I could, more than I was even ready to invest, more than I was able to invest. And it shifted my environment. Now yes. I had to start thinking of like, man, do I want to get out of bed right now? Or do I want to sleep in? Dude, I got $10,000 in the line. I'm getting my ass out of bed. Do I want yes. to do these things? Do I, do I want to think this way? Do I want to make, I got money. I have to. And I think the, the catalyst to all of this for me was investing into a high ticket program that made me super uncomfortable because that yeah. changed the, 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 my environment to be like, Oh man, I got to do something different. I'm with you. I've done it too. I've invested in several. Yeah. Um, like you said, I like to stay, um, you know, uncomfortable stretching myself growing and, and also learning from somebody who's got the proven model. You talk about the houses in California. I'm not going to try to crack the code all over again when I can right. go, to somebody who's already done it, yep. you know, pay them for, um, you know, the speed, you know, shorten the gap and and help me get there. And also, you know, 
keep me on track if I'm going in the wrong direction. You know, somebody that can, you know, pull you back and say, hey, look, you're going a little bit off track. Um, like you said about the shiny objects, hey, these are some distractions. You know, that's that's powerful to have in your life. And they can definitely help you get there a lot faster. Yeah, man. hundred percent. I'm always looking to see how I can do things faster, better, more efficient. One of the best ways is getting someone in your life to walk you through it. So walk me through this, Kyle. I have a, um, I have a small business. I have a YouTube channel and I'm looking to work with you. How do, how do I go about doing that? Yeah, man. So for, uh, for me, the best way to do it is like, find me on socials. Like I'm not the guy that's like, Hey, go to this funnel and opt in. And, <laughs> and like, like just find okay. me on socials and reach out and just have a DM with me. Like if you want some, uh, some templates and some things for you to be able to track your numbers and be able to make decisions from a data driven place and not an emotional place, you can go get those for free. Those are at fortifiedtoolbox.com. fortifiedtoolbox.com. Totally free for your listeners, man. Um, but if you want to find me on socials, I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm on YouTube as well. It's seven figure Kyle reach out. Um, and if you're in a place where you're looking to grow the business or be able to, to, to expand uh, your profitability or figure out how to get out of the business as the visionary, um, we can definitely chew through, chew through a lot of that stuff too. So, Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the offer, you know, for the free materials for the audience. I'll yeah. put that link in the description. Also, um, your socials, I'll put that in their form too. I appreciate it. Cool. This has been great, man. Look, you are a uh, not only a seven-figure business owner, but you're teaching other people how to do it. So I want to be respectful of your time. I appreciate, appreciate it. you being here with us. Um, I got something that I like to do on every episode. So the show is called Success Leaves Clues. And so I like to point out a couple of clues that I noticed throughout our conversation that helped you be successful. And I'm quite sure the audience will pick up on some of their own clues. Love it, man. So, so one of the things I noticed is um, the, the way you overcome fear and the way you look at fear. So instead of looking at the fact that, hey, what am I risking now? What am I afraid of now? But what could I also lose in the future? You talk about it being, you know, two times that you have to pay for something. I think that's important to, uh, to acknowledge whenever we're stuck in a place and we want to pass up an opportunity. Um, another thing you, you touched on, and I don't know if the audience caught it, but it's your faith, man. And, and yeah, I man. think without having you know, God in your life and something, you know, bigger and something driving you and not to mention the ultimate manual, you know, that you can reference and yeah. stuff like that. I think that's, uh, you know, powerful. Um, and then I want to also give credit to your wife, man. She's, um, you know, somebody that, you know, can help you and sit down with you to analyze something, uh, write out a contract to yourself. That's incredible. I'm about to hit my wife up tonight and we're going to do, <laughs> do something similar. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. That'll be cool. Can you post it how that goes, man? I will. I will. Love that. Love that. Well, dude, I, I appreciate you being able to, you know, I, I'm going to honor you. And for the listeners, like, make, make sure you, you give Dr. K a follow, a like, a subscribe, share his stuff. Like what you are doing, man, just honestly, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, pulling and extrapolating all this information out of all these people and taking time out of your day and out of your life and out of your business to be able to put all this together and get it edited and get it put out. Like, I know there's a lot that goes into it. So, dude, I just wanted to, to say thank you for taking the time to do that and, and be able to extract all this wisdom from the world because it's it's awesome and uh, the world needs a lot more people like you, bro. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Well, I want to remind everybody out there, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Until That's next right. time. Cool. See you guys. 
thank you for listening to another episode of the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Be sure to follow Dr. K on Instagram at Dr. K Washington or the podcast page at Success Leaves Clues podcast. We'll see you here next time. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.